Welcome to A Streetcar Named Rejection, the podcast that explores the business side of show business. I'm Andrew L. Ricci. And I'm Catherine Mullins. And today we're discussing vocal health and illness while acting. And today we have a lovely call-in guest, Alethea Phillips. Alethea, yes. Okay, so now we both know Alethea Phillips. She is a gem of a person. And here's a little introduction about her. She's the current head of voice at Stella Adler Studio, where she stuttered under Robert Perillo and Angela Vitale. She has also studied voice with Andrew Wade, Patsy Rodenberg, Walkton Wilson, and the Alexander Technique with Inbal Zohar. She has recently worked as the associate voice coach for Matilda the Musical on Broadway and was the voice coach for the Public Theater. Shakespeare Not Park productions of King Lear and Trolleys and Cressida. Alethea has been teaching voice, speech, and language since 1997 at the Stella Adler Studio. And now before we get off to this interview, we just want to let you know that none of us are doctors, so any prescriptions or remedies that we advise, we just want to make it clear that um, you, you should definitely seek out a medical professional before you try any of these but um we have some really helpful tips so let's get into it okay so here we have alethea phillips she's the bomb hello hello hello. okay so alethea you are the head of voice at adler stella adler studio and we just want to talk to you um, about your experience with vocal health and illness while acting and all your thoughts on that so andrew what do you want to Let's yeah. ask her a little, some little questions. Yeah, let's let's start it out with just maintaining, uh, like, being healthy vocally. Uh, and so what you would recommend for actors to stay vocally healthy? Okay, well... The biggest I mean, question we're starting out with. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, but the thing is, it's a real thing because probably actors and singers use their voices more than most professions. And I, and I would say that you know, they're using it out of the range of the normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're using our voices much more. We do more talking when you're acting, when you're rehearsing. You might be doing a lot of challenging vocal moments, yelling, screaming, weeping, wailing, mm-hmm. and then having to repeat them. So just some basic things to keep you healthy. First off, and this this is really hard, but sleep. Yes. Getting <laughs> rest- it's, it's, I know right when you need it the most is when you feel like you can get it the least, yeah. but restorative sleep, and for most people that's somewhere, can you believe it, between seven and nine hours of sleep, mm. will take any of the inflammation or swelling on the vocal folds that might occur just from overuse, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying misusing your voice, but just using it more than the human vocal fold was meant to in a normal day. So that's that's one thing. The second, and which is I know obvious to everyone, is a lot of hydration. So yes. lots of water. You know, they basically recommend eight glasses a day, and I would say that's pretty much on mark. Now you need to check in with that in terms of how much caffeine that you are consuming a day. I know some voice people who will tell you off the bat, no coffee, no tea, drink nothing with caffeine. I don't feel that way. Really? No tea, Alethea? Or maybe like non-caffeinated tea? I'm a a tea drinker that's caffeinated, but what I will say is this. For every cup of caffeine that you have, let's talk like just coffee and black tea, Mm -hmm. you want to realize that 
that's a diuretic. That actually pulls moisture out of all yes. the mucous right. membranes of your body. So it's actually drying. So say I have a cup of tea in the morning. I will fill that same mug with water after I have that cup of tea and I'll drink just water and I've gotten myself to zero. I still haven't hydrated. So say I'm saying, oh, you should have eight glasses of water a day plus replacing any fluids that you had based on caffeine. That's mm. probably much more water than most people actually drink, but I feel like it's good to keep that in mind that if you're drinking caffeine, only when you replace that in water are you getting to zero. Yeah, makes um, sense. The third thing, and I would say th these are the big three, would be I think every act actor should have a personal steamer. They, yes. you, you can get a yeah, you can get a very expensive one, but you can get an inexpensive one <laughs> at any pharmacy for about twenty eight dollars. Catherine just pointed and, at me because she said I have an expensive one, and I have the cheap one, so we <laughs> yeah. balance each other out. <laughs> and I've got where at my place of business where I work, mm -hmm. I have my cheap one, and I have a more expensive one at home that I can keep oh, that's clean smart. and all of that. Yeah, which ones do you and, have if you don't mind us asking? I've, the, the cheap one I have is Vix. Mm -hmm. That's what I have. And, and I would I would really recommend everyone get one of those because you do want one that you can bring with you to the theater if it turns out you find you want to steam before a show or during the show. The more expensive one I have, I'll have to go. I'll, I'll um. I'll look it up after I talk to you guys and send you the name. Great. I I don't know it offhand. That's fine. Is it a my yeah. pure mist? Is that what it is? No. Okay. <laughs> that's what he has. That's what I have. No, but I, I was I was pausing like that because I I know that steamer and I think it's a I think it's a great one. It's just not the one I have and I can't think of the mm -hmm. name. Gotcha. Um, off the top of my head, but if you're an actor, a singer, and you are, you know, in rehearsals, doing auditions, getting ready to perform, I would suggest just for basic vocal health, steam twice a day. Mm -hmm. Steam in the morning. For 10 minutes, put some needed moisture right on those vocal folds and then do it again at night to, again, put that moisture right on the folds. And that will also maybe take off a little swelling just from a lot of use or overuse. So those are my big three for just general vocal health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you use a specific, sorry, just to get into the nitty gritty, do you use a specific yeah. water or any sort of oils or anything in it? Um. Oh, yeah. I I would say put into the steamer water that you would drink. Got it. Now, people are particular, um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be distilled water as you would if you were using uh, a neti pot, which you really do need to use distilled water. Mm. Anything that you would drink, because the way the steamer works basically is you put some water in, it boils the water, and you're just taking in the steam. So gotcha. anything of concern that comes out of your sink usually is taken care of at that point. Mm -hmm. I do not use any sort of oils or menthol. The reason why is some of those things which are so soothing, the reason why they're soothing is they make you a little bit numb. And for oh. an actor or a singer, I feel like knowing that you have discomfort is very important. If that mm -hmm. feeling gets masked, you could do more you damage. Exactly. Like, you need to know, geez, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Is there something that I'm doing? Do I need to check in with myself about my work? 
you don't want to just be numbing that situation. If that does that make sense? Yeah, it reminds me of yeah. uh, like when a when a voice teacher would say like, "Be wary of using," um, or uh, my singing coach would say like, "Be wary of using honey when your voice is scratched up because your your mind then will think that it's all healed and then you'll just make it worse." Yeah, that's like um, there's a product that when people have a sore throat. They can spray it. I think it's like a chloroseptic spray. Mm -hmm. And it's very soothing because it numbs you. Same with cough drops that have any sort of numbing um, Mm. agent to them. But funnily, like you would not want to use any sort of cough drops that come from the company Vicks because they have almost across the board have an analgesic in it, which is something that makes you feel a little bit numb. And if you feel that numbness, like you were saying, Andrew, you can actually make yourself worse and worse because the pain is trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so Alethea, we're uh, we were talking about, you know, a lot of these things you can do day to day. You can do it before you have gotten possibly hopefully get sick. And mm-hmm, these yeah. are things that, you know, you can maintain to have a healthy vocal life. And I'm curious right. though, what what would you recommend as soon as you start feeling that scratch in your throat you start a, uh, you start feeling a cold coming on something that's going to affect your vocal cords what do you think as soon as you start feeling that do you think hey should we go possibly on vocal rest or should uh, more humming i would love to know your thoughts on as soon as you start feeling those little tingles of oh my gosh i'm gonna be sick what are right. your the actor anxiety feelings yes yeah, yeah. exactly well, you know what? actually that just that just made me think of something that might be worth mentioning, which is that I was reading and there was a pretty extensive study that came out. And I, I know I read about it first in the New York Times, but I ended up doing more research on it mm-hmm. um, and talked to a few doctors about it. In fact, my ear, nose, throat doctor, I had a long talk with him about it because the study came out and said that people who gargle with warm salt water and who clean out their nostrils with warm salt water. So that's a real big argument for these neti potters, mm-hmm. that people who do that have a reduction of of illnesses, like they get this of 40%. You are wow. kidding me. That's a huge statistic. And of course, when I read it, I thought, I need more information because yeah. that's just <laughs> astonishing. Well, what was interesting after doing the research on it and talking to a couple of doctors is that when you are exposed to germs, they will sit in your nose and at the back of your throat for a couple of days or 24 hours before they actually make you sick. And if uh-huh. you just gargle with warm salt water and clean out your nostrils once a day, and the way they did it in the study, they didn't use a neti pot, they would have you use warm salt water with a Q-tip and just wipe out the inside of your nose. Wow. The, the people in that study got any kind of illness 40% less than people that were doing nothing of the kind. And it was because the warm salt water was killing the germ while it was sitting there before it actually made you sick. So that's actually probably worth saying because mm-hmm. you're an actor, yeah. you're in previews, you're going to open a big show, and you're thinking, what I can't get right now is sick. Yes. that It might be worth it. As a teacher, when... And, and I'm also a mother mm-hmm. to children. I have a middle schooler and elementary school age. And, you know, they're just surrounded by germs yes. all the time. And my students are 
germy as well. And when I start seeing absences with my students or my kids' friends or staying home from school, I start doing this warm salt water thing to prevent my own illness. So that might be worth mentioning to actors when they have something important coming up. Some people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. That's just part of their routine. I tend to do it when I know it's flu season, cold season, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, But I just got us off topic. No, 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 you didn't. Okay, so you feel like, geez, I feel like I'm getting a little bit cold. What Mm -hmm. should I do? This is when you drown yourself in fluids. Yes. I would would do this gargling with warm salt water, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is disgusting and I hate doing it but it can reduce the length of of any kind of common colds and I try to get as much sleep as possible but a fair amount of doctors will say once once you're starting to become sick there's not much to do mm-hmm. you know to, to and you should probably you know you should find some really good general practitioners to talk to but there is if you have are getting the flu apparently you can get tested for the flu and start taking a medication that will reduce its length and a lot of people feel that zinc oxide taking zinc pills will mm, reduce yes. the length of a, of a cold but I'm not sure of the statistics on it and I would talk to somebody who has you know a little more expertise than me about it yeah I have a zinc yeah. spray that that I think it works on certain occasions and it doesn't work like <laughs> I'm just getting over I'm currently taking uh, it's, it's actually a very fitting time to talk about this because I'm currently taking steroids because I have some sort of viral problem in my throat. Thankfully, it's not strep, but it is something that is just yeah. uh-huh. produced like a golf ball in my throat every mm-hmm. time I swallow. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I know this, that that zinc spray works when it's not whatever it, it is I have right now. But for common right. colds and whatnot, it that does tend to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Alethea, that is so helpful. Uh-huh. I'm curious. Okay, so... If you're sick and you are, uh-huh. we're just like going down the trajectory of being yes. ill. <laughs> yeah. um, kind of we're we're going to approach right? death soon, so don't worry. <laughs> if you're dying as an actor. <laughs> okay, so say you're sick and you're getting through it. When do you think, as a teacher, as a director, as someone who is an actor as well, how would you say, when would be the point when you would need to possibly talk to your director and say, yeah. this is going to affect my acting? Okay, so we're now down a real path of horse. I'm assuming you're, we're talking about hoarseness now. We're saying I'm sick yeah. to the point where I'm losing my voice or have lost my voice. Yeah, I, as I can't be right. Vocal rest. I, vocal rest. You know what's funny? I'm sure there's a lot of people who will, who will and would disagree with me, but um, I am very hesitant to ever suggest vocal rest to an actor Mm -hmm. because probably what's ultimately more valuable is for that actor to, now it depends on the amount of hoarseness, but to find and make a discovery about if there's anything in the work that they're doing that is Mm. contributing to this hoarseness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. Absolutely. So, so what you, what the root of the problem. Will, the root of the problem. Now, if the root of the problem is that you have a respiratory infection, you're coughing your head off, and you, you, you know, it's tricky because you can't stop coughing because coughing, on some level, might be necessarily necessary for your health. It's clearing your lungs, but you may have to address 
you know, it might be good to address why people get hoarse, but I'll just say as a blanket statement, I am very hesitant to suggest an actor go on vocal rest. I would prefer them to try to make a discovery about how they could cope with whatever level of hoarseness they have and perhaps figure out how to work the role without the hoarseness stopping you. Now, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, if someone is has lost their voice, they, they've gotten actual laryngitis where it's a virus that attacks the vocal folds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than suggesting a very aggressive steaming protocol and perhaps take doing other things that will reduce inflammation, which we could talk about if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, but I would say, I think only once was I working on a professional production where the actor went to an ENT, the ENT recommended taking steroids and going on vocal rest. I said, you can don't fill the prescription yet and let's do a couple of sessions and let's buy a steamer and ultimately the actor did not go on entire vocal rest they went on social vocal rest meaning i'm not going to talk on the phone i'm not going to chat with my friends but i am going to use my voice to warm it up i'm going to use my voice to play the role and a lot of steaming and that actor never ended up taking the steroids and did not have an understudy go on so just be aware mm-hmm. yeah. that for people who, are, you know, and, and for good reason, you know, a lot is at stake for a production. And if someone is losing their voice, everyone can feel pretty panicked. And a great way of solving that panic is to say, go on vocal rest, take the steroid. But you, it might not be entirely necessary working with someone who, um, in a non-emotional way can really take listen to what you're doing and make a couple of suggestions maybe a better path that's all I'm going to say about that you know um yeah, I've, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I haven't had that yeah, absolutely. Um, quick question in regards yeah. to actually, I have a slight little story to tell. Um, I I, I don't know if I mentioned Ooh, I this love story to you. Time. Just a little story. Um, I I worked with this uh, vocal instructor um, when I was in London at the British American Drama Academy, and he works at RADA, and his name's John Tucker, and he was saying how one time when he was working with this opera singer um, on v- uh, vocal health, um, he was going on had to go on stage that night no 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 the next night for this big performance and he told him um he got him to hum for oh man it was like i think they hummed for like an hour and he said um it totally changed he he had so many issues with his voice and he was not gonna be able to go on and i believe he hummed for like an hour and Mm -hmm. it totally improved his voice i would love to know your thoughts on humming well, the thing is that, I mean, although I don't know what was happening in this circumstance, yeah, yeah, yeah. humming or um, phonating through a straw accomplish very similar things, which is they, without the person who is humming or phonating through a straw realizing it or having to control it, it shows the body how to make sound with the least amount of breath pressure needed. Yeah. So 
you know, say that this singer, I mean, of course, I, you know, I, I can't talk on it because I don't know what was the issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But say that the singer, the reason that the singer was losing his or her voice was of a habit of attacking the first moment, which with way too much breath pressure and the vocal folds are banging together, which is making them swell, which makes them fatter, Mm -hmm. which makes them not shake as quickly, which is the sound of hoarseness, right? Mm -hmm. Humming, phonating through a straw allows only a certain amount of breath to travel through your whole instrument. And you can really hear how the sound goes from silence to sound. So there's no moment of attack. It's a very common technique used actually by voice pathologists, you know, people who work with anyone who has major vocal issues. And it's, I think it's a wonderful way of helping uh, an actor or singer who has a habit of squeezing or pushing, especially in the first moments of phonating. So I can see how a person can make a massive change in themselves in a day, if that's the, the only issue. Alethea, quick question. Yeah. Um, so as we, you've mentioned, you obviously work in a school with students, and but you also work professionally with real professional older actors. <laughs> with real actors. With real Not people. Not us fake ones. We, we fake ones. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I'm curious, what have you noticed? Of course, don't need to mention any names, etc. But I'm curious, have right. you ever noticed... The way students deal with vocal health versus professional actors, as in, Mm. I would, in like my mind, I hope that Mm. um, as one would become, I guess, more successful or the more, the more seasoned, I guess, yeah, seasoned, Mm -hmm. Um, experienced, experienced, thank you, thank you, experienced, you would think, oh, my voice work, my vocal health is even more important. But then when you become more experienced, maybe your lack of time to work on your voice decreases. So I'm curious, have you noticed any type of change of like, wow, my students do this work, but possibly my seasoned actors don't, or the opposite? Yes, that's a very interesting question because it just made me think of so many things. (laughs) You know, I have to say, when I've worked with younger actors that are right out of their training programs. And what I mean that by that is maybe people who are five years out. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking out of programs like you and, and Andrew have attended. I'm also talking about master's programs like like Juilliard, Yale, and master's program at NYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. NYU grad. So um, the actors that come right out of training seem to say they have a session scheduled with the voice coach they're often very appreciative to have a moment of time to do this with somebody you know outside of rehearsal they often if they haven't been doing regular practicing their they their body remembers very quickly mm-hmm. and they often will leave a session saying oh yeah i know how to practice i'm gonna start practicing again you know uh I would say that maybe the only difference with some of the more experienced actors that I've worked with is that they may not have worked primarily in theater, but when I've worked with them, it's because they're coming back to theater. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. They were 
they were, they have a TV show. They're working in film. They're yeah. making a lot of films. And now, oh, and now here we are at the public theater mm-hmm. about to do Shakespeare. So, totally so, different. Totally yeah. <laughs> you know, very language heavy, very vocally challenging. And the Delacorte Theater, which is a gorgeous theater, but everyone who's worked in it will agree, it's actually a, a challenging space vocally. Mm-hmm. Even though there's use of microphones, the actors have to operate for clarity as if there there weren't microphones, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been interesting because some actors who've gotten a lot of success in TV and film, they may never have started from theater. They may not have had formal physical and vocal training and it's a mixed bag very often if i meet with an actor who i come to realize never have really done this sort of work i would say it's about 50 50 some are very appreciative very open almost like a 17 year old just making new discoveries and very excited to start integrating it some seem to feel that they don't need it and i can understand why because they've had a a real deal of success without ever doing these sort of disciplined practicing often somebody will not change that kind of somebody will not change until they get into vocal trouble and then they're like, geez, can I do a meeting with the voice coach? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> can, we do another, can we do another session? Mm-hmm. Can I call you? Can I meet you before rehearsal? Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be the journey of it. But they may never have really considered it as, as a physical pursuit. Because when you're working in TV and film, the, the needs stamina-wise are much less. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Like film and TV wise, you might think that you may need uh, to prioritize vocal health as much, but I feel like it, you just have to, if you want to return to theater, it's a priority. Yeah. You you would even say the, the demands of just rehearsing a play from a vocal standpoint mm-hmm. is much greater than even filming the vast majority of television shows and films. Yeah. Do you know, just doing an eight hour rehearsal of Day, a play yeah. where you're having to produce sound and repeat and try it again, that, that is a physical challenge. And if just those muscles aren't used to be used to working, you suddenly realize, geez, I need a little bit more strength and stamina. Um, but I've had a mixed bag. You know, I was working with a very famous, very skilled um, actor, and he was the first one um, working on a Shakespeare play. He was the first one who was asking, when can we start doing voice sessions? Are you going to meet with kidding. us more than wow. once or twice? You know, he just understood that that is a part of process yeah. and was not afraid of it. His colleague, who is a very successful um, actor, was questioning why there were even voice sessions wow and didn't and really didn't want one mm-hmm. um i think was maybe afraid that working with somebody other than the director might disturb his or her process yeah so being a voice coach you have to really figure out wow. how to read a situation mm-hmm. and be sensitive to what actors need and what and really what they don't need so yeah man, i don't know if that answers no your no, question, no you just but, have to have man alethe yeah. you just have to have as a vocal coach all different sizes and yeah. t- of tools Seriously. to use with a- various actors. All of us Man. temperamental actors. <laughs> We're just so dramatically. <laughs> you know, but on some level, you do have to have developed 
social skills because it's not really about me when I'm working with someone. It's really about that actor and the director and the play and the audience. So how can I help the actors communicate through the play to the audience inside the director's vision? So (laughs) it's it's not if they like me or think voice work is for, you know, is is silliness. It's really about helping them to make a connection so that the work can be more fully revealed, I guess. Um, And reading the situation is something that a voice coach, a voice teacher needs to very, has to be very highly skilled in. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk more off, off the record. <laughs> I totally understand. I totally understand. Well, Alethea, I have to say, this was all wonderful. This was fantastic. And you answered all of our questions. So oh, great. thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you, you very much. All right. There, we, at some point, we have to do a round two where we talk about your anecdotes. Because I remember there's, 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 a, there's a coughing story that you have that... That, oh, yes. That, quickly. That, yes. Okay. You were going to say, quickly okay. say this. Okay. Fine. We have to. We have to. We have to. <laughs> Two more minutes. Um, uh, I, I was just, when, when, when writing notes for this, uh, this um, episode, I was going over coughing, and I remember we have long discussions of whether you think coughing is good or not. Sometimes it's a dry cough or wet cough, and then I remembered the story you have of of your re, re, like suppressing your coughing. Do you think you could talk about that quickly? <laughs> okay, this is the danger of telling people your stories. <laughs> so, I was very I was very young. In fact, it was my first professional job as an actor out of my training, which I was also an undergrad. NYU student and I studied at Stella Adler as Mm -hmm. well and so the first job strangely enough was this jazz musical and it was it was a new it was a new piece and we were rehearsing it and I got a cold and it fell into my chest and I started coughing and somehow I refused to cough this sort of stubbornness in me said, I can't cough because I'm, I have to sing. And if I cough, my vocal cords are going to bang, bang together. I'm going to get swollen. I'm going to get hoarse. So I just refused to cough. Because I refused to cough, this cold, which would have been gone, became bronchitis. You are I, kidding. No, but that's not all. So I went to the doctor. He said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I, I really can't cough because, you know, I'm in rehearsals for this play. We open in two and a half weeks. He gave me this medication for the bronchitis. But I, and he said, but you know, you really, you have to allow yourself to cough because that's what loosens up the fluids that are in your lungs that that's saving your life. I said, okay, I still refuse to cough. (laughs) And flash forward seven days later, I'm in the hospital with pneumonia. You are kidding. (laughs) No. And the doctor came, came and looked at me and he was shaking his head. Alethea. What are you doing? I said, I didn't want to cough because I don't want to hurt my voice. And he said, the coughing is going to save your life. Wow. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I allowed myself to cough. I allowed myself to cough. And it all dissipated, you know, in three or four days. Wow. (laughs) I was able able to go on in the show. Wow. Um, And I always tell that story in class because – you know, coughing is very abusive to the voice, mm-hmm. but what 
I learned is that what you want to do is reduce your coughing, but when you do cough, you want your coughs to be useful coughs, in quotes, like a useful cough. So you should take something like Robitussin DM, which has this chemical in it, um, uh, which makes the mucus in your body more liquidy and slippery. Mm -hmm. And so... When you cough, it actually does more good, and with it is a cough suppressant, so you cough less, but when you do cough, you're really accomplishing a lot. Yeah, it's like a very productive cough. Wow. A very productive <laughs> cough, as they say. Wow. <laughs> oh, so good. But that's so just good. a window into what some people would call stubbornness, but I'll say determination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> determination. That is amazing. So good. So, so, so good. Alethea, thank you so much for talking yes, with us. thank you. Learn learned so much, and I think a lot of people will learn so much from this conversation. Absolutely. You are most welcome. It's really wonderful talking with you both, and I I wish you luck on all your podcasting (laughs) adventures. Thank Thank you. you Alethea, where can people find you if they want to find you online? What's the best? What's your favorite place? If people want to, like... Let's say email you or tweet at you or Instagram your 100 Days of Gratitude, okay. which I highly recommend can, everyone watch. Okay, this is, you're giving me ideas because when you said, how can they reach you, I thought, I have no idea. How can people <laughs> reach me? Okay, I'm not on Twitter, but you can email me. And you can email me at my full name, which is A-L-I-T-H-E-A-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S at gmail.com that is my personal email as opposed to my work email which is at Stella Adler Mm -hmm. you could also follow me on Instagram and message me there best follow ever we highly recommend it (laughs) Alethea Phillips (laughs) right to the point and you can also find me on Facebook at the same name although just like the kids I'm sort of getting bored with Facebook I know you are with the times you are seriously (laughs) amazing have you been GoProing too (laughs) (laughs) phenomenal maybe I should do that for one of my days of gratitude I would watch every second of that from the Q-tip in your nose to the steam everything amazing okay Alethea thank you so much thank you Alethea we're gonna let you go but again thank you okay take care bye 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 this brings us to the end of the episode, and we want to say a big thank you to Alethea Phillips, who was she amazing. incredible. Wonderful woman. For helpful outside resources and links to where we found our information, go to our website, www.rejectionpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at rejectpod. You can even email us at rejectionpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or further insight into vocal health and illness while acting. And join us next week when we interview a special guest. Ooh, la, la. La, la, la. This person is wonderful, so get excited. Finally, if you have been enjoying these episodes so far, we encourage you to go rate us on iTunes and give us a, uh, a little review. It helps other actors find us. Thanks again for joining us on A Streetcar Named Rejection. I am Catherine Mons. I am Andrew L. Ricci. Uh, see you next time. <laughs>